Bling Blong, everyone. Our new podcast miniseries, Talking Mission Hill, is now exclusively on Patreon. Put on your spicy pants every Friday with a new podcast covering each episode of the cult series from Simpsons legends Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. $5 subscribers at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons can hear every episode, plus all of our previous miniseries about Futurama, King of the Hill, and The Critic. So don't be a Beardsley. Sign up for Talking Mission Hill today. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons, your source for NRBQ-based entertainment. I'm one of your hosts, Christ Puncher Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Henry Gilbert, and I only salute the flag with one finger. And who do we have on the line? This is Dave Schilling. And today's episode is Take My Wife Sleaze. Will you turn that engine off? Hi, Marge. The motorcycle and I are trying to sleep. Hi. Hi. Just tune her out. Today's episode aired on November 28th, 1999. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> Oh boy, Bobby, Toy Story 2 breaks box office records with its release in theaters. The finale of Millennium airs on The X-Files in their uh, New Year's episode. That's the first episode where Scully and Mulder have a real kiss in it. And the classic Donkey Kong 64 Ooh. is released for the Nintendo 64. And so is the DK rap. Oh, yeah, you're right. It Which was... is how it lasted that game <laughs> in terms of relevance. Back. To kick some tail. I heard his coconut gun uh, fires in bursts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then I think it's the peanut gun that fires spurts. Right? Okay, uh, there's it's, there's many lyrics. There's but yes, it's uh, I don't have them all memorized. But, but uh, <laughs> possibly almost as good as Toy Story 2 is our recent podcast about it at the ten dollar level yeah. at Patreon.com/slash/TalkingSimpsons. Mm-hmm. We talked for four and a half hours about Toy Story 2, so I don't think I need to say anything else about it here. <laughs> Very good sequel. Yes. Very good. Yeah, I was a viewer though of Millennium uh, because yeah. it was Chris Carter's other show to X-Files. You can't have a show called Millennium after the year 2000, which is why it was canceled now, right? They, well, they hoped to go until it was 2000, but it got canceled the year before that, so they just had to do an episode of X-Files where Lance Henriksen comes in, and it's like a post-cancellation crossover that wraps up that what, plot line. What is the premise of that show? Um, basically, there's a cult that's planning to end the world when it becomes the year 2000, and Lance Henriksen is the man trying to prevent that cult from doing it. And in the episode of X-Files called Millennium, they team up, the three of them, Mulder, Scully, and him, to prevent the final plans of that cult. And so it gives him a happy ending in that episode. And then when it becomes the new year, the year 2000, Mulder and Scully share a kiss. And while they had technically kissed before, it was like a clone Mm. or mind control or a dream or all that stuff. But this was the real kiss of the real characters as it became the year 2000. Uh, but uh, but anyway, uh, let's welcome on Dave here. Hey guys, I hated that episode of The X-Files. Oh, did you? Um, I liked Millennium. I, it was a, a, a darker version of The X-Files in a lot of ways, more realistic. 
But boy, was it annoying to take an episode of the X-Files away and de- dedicate it to a spin-off that had been off the air for a while already. It's very strange. It's kind of self-indulgent of uh, yeah. Chris Carter. Well, that's sort of his middle name, isn't it? Isn't yeah. that kind of his thing? Being self-indulgent? We've heard some, uh, at least one horror story about him on uh, Simpsons Commentary. Oh, yes. that he. I don't know if you've heard this story before, Dave, that he, when Stephen Hawking was filming or recording his lines for The Simpsons, he just came in, put an X-Files hat on Stephen Hawking and took a photo with him and then left without yeah. even talking to this disabled man he was using for a photo op. This was before Instagram, too. I cannot believe <laughs> that anyone would care that much about a photo op that they would abuse a disabled man. Like yeah, that. but please don't use him as a prop, especially now. Oh, oh God. Yeah, be very geez. tasteless. Uh, but yes, Dave Schilling, new guest of Talking Simpsons, a TV writer and podcaster. Your new podcast, of course, is a full court chat. Yes, it is a sports comedy podcast. Sports comedy is sort of like peanut butter and chocolate, I think, um, if you're a sports fan. It's basically me playing a more obnoxious, arrogant version of myself, Mm. interviewing great comedians uh, like Carl Tart and uh, John Gabris and, and a lot of other people about these characters that they're playing they're playing you know fake football players fake figure skaters fake professional wrestlers um (laughs) so we're creating these characters sort of like a comedy bang bang meets bill simmons podcast situation you know i think it's it's a lot of fun it's they're they're only 30 minutes so it's one of those things where you can binge the whole Hmm. series if you want to in a day basically um yeah i hope you guys listen to it no your one with carl tart uh was so funny carl tart is like one of the funniest guys He's around. incredible. And uh, I love how he constantly repeats your name. He's like, that's right, Dave Schilling. <laughs> <laughs> he is a remarkable uh, performer, and his is one of my favorite episodes. And this this week's episode is with Lou Wilson. Lou, um, you can see Lou on American Vandal, and he's uh, in King of Staten Island, the new uh, Judd Apatow movie. So. Ooh. We got some good guests, man. I I know you from uh, your appearances on uh, many wrestling podcasts. I'm I'm a wrestling fan. I promise not to waste Bob's time <laughs> with wrestling talk too much. But oh, you're allowed. <laughs> it's it's. I love talking about wrestling. It's great. It's the thing that both made me love entertainment and art and, and creativity, and also broke my spirit. Mm, so yes, a very important thing. I used to write for WWE, and mm. uh, it was. Uh, it was a hard year, guys. I don't know mm. what to say about that, but it was last year, and uh, there were some good stories that we came up with, and there's some some junk. You can well, decide which ones I was responsible for and which ones I weren't on your own. Uh, well, you you survived and you've made it. You've made it here. I well, I I wanted to find some wrestling news to talk about this week, but actually nothing happened. This uh, to put this episode in wrestling timeline terms. Uh, this was right after Stone Cold left television for neck fusion surgery with oh. the big show winning the world championship. Yeah, he was injured. Um, he It was a chronic injury stemming from his, his neck injury against uh, in that Owen Hart match at SummerSlam, I think mm. the year prior. And he, he just couldn't wrestle anymore. So they did an angle where he got run over by a truck mm-hmm. and <laughs> the big show won the championship. So there was no like Royal Rumble around this time or uh, it was Survivor Series. Survivor that Series. Was Survivor okay. Series in 99. Big show won the title. The Rock ended up winning that Royal Rumble in January of 2000 and then WrestleMania of that 
of 2000 was Rock versus Big Show versus Mick Foley versus Triple H for the WWF Championship. A McMahon in every corner. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. A legendary WrestleMania. I think. Yeah. But because this is this episode aired during Thanksgiving, Survivor Series is the Thanksgiving staple. It's the one of, day wrestlers uh, get off, right? No, oh, no, no. no they they're, don't. They're all hurting themselves. They work extra hard on that day. I think now they at least in, in WWE they like pre-tape something for Thanksgiving, usually like some food fight with turkey and gravy. Uh, but but Dave, also like, what's your uh, personal history with The Simpsons? As as a comedy fan, I would think uh, it's it's got to be kind of deep. Oh man, my personal history with The Simpsons is basically the history of my life. <laughs> I I was the exact right age to fall in love with The Simpsons from the beginning. So I was a kid when Tracy Ullman show was showing the the shorts. Ah, uh, the perfect and, age, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm visiting my mother uh, for a couple days this week, and I'm there right now, and we were watching the episode that we're talking about today, and uh, my mom was like, remember when we used to sit down and watch the Tracy Ullman show uh, together as a family? And I'm like, yeah, of course I remember that, because that was the first time I saw maybe the most important characters, fictional characters, of, of my generation. I, I think it's the Simpsons and I guess the Marvel characters now. Oh. The Simpsons, <laughs> the Simpsons were created during my lifetime and have never gone away since then. Um, so I, I've watched forever for, for my whole life and it's, it's seminal. I had Simpsons sing the blues uh, on cassette. I had the Bartman action figure. Remember the first Simpsons action figures that kind of had the wobbly heads that were like Rubber. Oh yeah, yeah, those squishy rubber heads. And yeah, exactly. Stuck, and they made balloons they, in them. They made a Bartman one with like, like a little cape, and he had a special skateboard. It was wow. an immovable plastic cape, like it was. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, razor, razor sharp. Cape, <laughs> sadly, <laughs> I've I've come to then you know know Simpsons writers personally, um, and become friends with Simpsons writers. I got oh, to cool. sit in on a table read of the um, the Megan Amram episode. Oh, that's a great episode she, with the with the crystal shop. Oh, okay. I was getting confused with the Ghostbusters one she did. The uh... no, there was one where uh, Marge opens a crystal shop. Oh, okay, that that was a good yeah. one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I've I've both been a fan and and then gotten to see behind the curtain and and, and meet a lot of these people who have created the seminal show it's it's i can't understate how much <laughs> the simpsons means to me I, I just can't it's it's a big deal we yeah. have a, a rare almond viewer yes now. yeah we yeah yeah i'm sure there aren't a lot of people who remember watching that show i think one out of every 40 guests was watching tracy <laughs> almond mm -hmm. i know i wasn't because i just have a lot of questions from my parents after the sketches were <laughs> over like uh what's his premise yeah. i'm too young <laughs> to understand this this is not chris farley falling down i didn't understand any of it right mm. you know, like television was just a part of my childhood so we just watched tv and my father was a big comedy fan um so he introduced me to everything that would end up being seminal in, in my life in terms of being a comedian and writing comedy I but did. I didn't understand it at the time. It's like, I don't know why we're watching this. I, I just want to watch Transformers or something. But this was what we were watching. When a cartoon comes on during that stuff, that, that immediately takes your attention. That was, I, I got into Simpsons in the last season they were on, Ullman, right before the Christmas special. Like, I got to see the, uh, when I saw the one where Maggie uh, gets lost in that two-parter, that was what pulled me in <laughs> to the Simpsons. Yeah, I can remember the the Christmas episode too, and Santa's little helper and all that stuff. Like that, that it seems so long ago, and I guess it's because it is. Yeah. Guys. It was a long time so, ago, over thirty years. Feel, 
I sucks. feel old. <laughs> I I also I forgot that you're a Marvel fan too. So me and you could just drown out Bob with both of our nerdisms on that. Uh, I'm I'm more of a Batman guy. Oh, okay. I have interests. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, but this episode is an interesting, crazy one by John Swartzwelder. Yeah, it's a real uh, Swartzweldery episode, if there mm-hmm. ever was one. Uh, and and uh, though apparently, as uh, Scully tells it, before he became a showrunner, he had pitched a script where Homer becomes a biker. And so he was bringing back that idea now that he could commission scripts from people. But in his version, Homer just gets pissed off at a helmet law and does a hunger strike. And so yeah. they then take that hunger strike run one and we'll use that in like a season 12 episode. Hungry, Hungry Homer, I believe it's called. That's it, yeah. And uh, they also point out on the commentary that the script for this is straight up ripped off by the movie Wild Hogs. Oh, yeah. They were recording this commentary when uh, Wild Hogs was a new movie we were yes. all talking about. <laughs> and yeah, like the regular suburban guys becoming bikers and then falling, uh, running afoul of real bikers. That's Wild Hogs. The Wild Hogs has more gay panic jokes in it, though. It's a wacky and wild one full of like big, big moves by Schwarzwelder that uh, it feels like it's the first one in a while he's gotten to go truly crazy. Like it, it felt like in other ones, Schwarzwelder had been kind of tamped down or they'd, they'd rewrite like a mountain of madness went through a lot yeah. of rewrites. And it's also very Schwarzweldery in that these bikers are like uh, stuck in time in like the sixties. Yeah. They're bikers. <laughs> like no biker exists even back then. Mm-hmm. It's like exploitation biker movie biker. I think a, an understanding and appreciation of, of baby boomer pop culture references is necessary to really love The Simpsons. I think mm. that's true of Mystery Science Theater 3000, too. Oh. You kind of have to know all of those things that, that were popular in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. I was lucky, I guess. I don't know if lucky is a word, but I was I was properly poised to like this stuff because I spent so much of my time watching Nick at Night as a child. Mm-hmm. Again, way too much TV time. I had cable in my room. I could watch TV till four in the morning and go to sleep whenever I wanted. I, I was not properly parented, is what I'd say. Hey, same here. That's why yeah. we're podcasters. Yeah. yeah, boy, this is this is like Millhouse meeting the other Millhouse right now. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I think all of us who who are into these things sort of had similar childhoods. But I I watched all that stuff like Bewitched and F Troop and, and Mary Tyler Moore show. And so I was able to understand not only the references, but also just the general vibe of, of comedy that was coming from, from those people like Mike Scully or Schwartzwelder or whatever. Like I got it. So mm-hmm. I got the references to the weird biker culture that was, more prevalent in the 60s and 70s than it was in the 90s yeah we were just talking about this not too long ago on the uh, the Ridlin episode where there's like a little biker set piece of, about fire safety oh, and yeah. it's like in this episode too they're not like making fun of let's say easy rider like the one biker movie everyone knows they're making fun of things like hellcats and side hackers and wild <laughs> rebels like all of stuff the it was on mystery science Theater. yeah all of the z-grade stuff that no one is really seeing we just mm-hmm. know the tropes Right. It it almost feels wrong to have uh, these references that are like sort of newer, like the all the NRBQ stuff in this or uh, the Happy Days stuff. It's like, ah, that's not really this is from like 1953 cautionary movies about about the dangers of wearing a leather jacket. 
Yeah, I love that Homer watches one of them. Yeah. And you, at first you think it's Rebel Without a Cause, and then he's like, it's like in that movie with that young man, and then you're like, Rebel Without a Cause. And he's like, oh, okay, this is parodying it, and it's not actually Rebel Without a Cause. But I love this episode. I don't know if everyone agrees with me, but I used to quote this episode every day, all the time, hmm. at school, with my family. Uh, <laughs> when John Goodman's character breaks the pencil and uh <laughs> he's like uh mrs simpson i killed my pencil and he's like no you didn't you didn't kill it you broke it and then he just like so sadly looks at this pencil and he says i broke him <laughs> it's a great uh reading from john goodman i think what stuck with me most i i said it up front was i was in catholic school at the time so hearing most say christ punchers <laughs> that's just like a, a shocking joke for uh fox tv in 1999 mm-hmm yeah, absolutely. This is this is an episode that's really weird, that takes a lot of chances, that references a lot of adult things, lots of sexual things. Mm-hmm. Marge being a cycle slut and things Jeez. of that nature. Uh, uh, well, so the episode starts out, though, with uh, after a chalkboard gag of The Sixth Sense of Bart saying he can't see dead people. Hey, that was a, a fairly new movie, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then we get a reference to a show that was running at the same time as this episode. Guinness World Records Primetime is the official name of the show. It only had three seasons on Fox, but I do remember seeing it. Yeah. And I do remember a giant tumor being featured at some oh, point that was God. full of teeth and hair. <laughs> it's disgusting. Oh, yeah. All those gross tumor record stories. It's so gross. Uh, the and well, it also, but it's easy filler of reality TV stuff. Like I, uh, this same presentation of information at the same time there was the Ripley's Believe It or Not show that I believe Dean Cain hosted. Oh right, yeah, that was part of his fall from grace. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fox, uh, Fox seemed to do a ton of these like world's wildest police chases and stuff when they just didn't have any reruns to show or they they needed to fill time on their schedule, which was weird because Fox didn't program from. 10 to 11 so why did they have such a hard time filling airtime i just couldn't figure it out i i'm impressed that they actually paid for guinness world records like the uh, the name instead (laughs) of just saying like the world's craziest blanks they actually worked with the company that owns that well i think this was because it was a time when people would still scan the tv guide or or the 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 whatever that remember the channel guy tv guy channel i guess tv guy channel yeah Yeah, you have to wait for your channel to scroll by (laughs) yeah and so you watch it scroll by and if you saw guinness world records maybe you'd be like oh i wonder what that is it had name recognition as the authority the listing the authority of the guinness organization they will decide (laughs) if it's a record exactly uh but yes let's hear the uh the clip from the tv broadcast tonight on guinness book of world records a man who holds the current record for least amount of faces with none. Help me. You'll also see the world's smelliest tumor. <laughs> Ew, these records used to be real accomplishments. Now they're just gross. Plus, you'll meet a dog who can't predict anything. And three other things. <laughs> <laughs> when we I love the back, number three we'll just show you the spinning. contents of a supermodel stomach. What an age we live in. Oh, look at all that sweet and low. Hey, remember the 50s? Remember television, Coca-Cola, and Dick Clark? <gasps> I remember television. Come join me, Wolf Guy Jack, 
at Grease's Cafe, where it's 1955 every day of the year, baby. Actual year may vary. Consult calendar for current year. <laughs> a 50s-style restaurant. What a neat idea. Why don't we eat there tonight? Uh, we'll go next month. And then they do. That is such a great joke. They have so many episodes where they watch a commercial that tells them they decide we're going to do that right now. For once, Homer goes like, nah, in a month from now, we're not doing it now. And three other things, we all laughed at it. I, yeah. I like any joke about writing. You could tell in the rooms, like, we need three things. We need three more things on this list. Let's just say three things and move on. <laughs> this this episode reminds me a lot of, I think, how modern Simpsons episodes are structured. Is It feels very bifurcated mm. into two ideas that eventually, you know, that first idea transitions into the second idea and the episode you know either works or, or doesn't work based on how well those two kind of stories meld in the middle and this is an episode that's about the 50s nostalgia restaurant and then it becomes about the bike mm. and and the, in the middle is that connective tissue of like bart showing homer how to ride a motorcycle <laughs> but it's not it's it's i think a, a lot of earlier simpsons episodes had more of kind of a traditional story structure and this is kind of i think maybe this season in particular is the beginning of it kind of being more sketchy i guess like in terms of like maybe big ideas big comic ideas big surreal ideas that are loosely connected by a premise homer becomes a blank homer does blank yeah and like writing wise i've heard people i've heard writers admit like it is a cheat because you only need one act break for your story <laughs> if your first yeah. act is just like the springboard into your story you only need one act break for your actual story which you can see that happening a lot yeah and i think this is one of their shortest first acts ever yeah I think, it feels like it's like three minutes uh and and also yeah the the three other things joke and the stinky tumor i the only thing that can make them better is I wish these were hosted by Troy McClure. Obviously, oh, they can't yeah. be, but yeah. yeah. It probably would in, have been, too. In another timeline uh, where he didn't own a gun, he <laughs> probably... I, I, that puts you know that puts the guilt on Phil Hartman for owning a gun. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> anyway, he would have likely hosted it. Uh, but I want to talk about uh, Wolfman Jack. Yeah. Uh, somebody, like, for the longest time, I don't know why I knew who he was. But I somehow did. I think a lot of it was because of the Upright Citizens Brigade sketch yep. about yeah. all the alarms. Uh, someone's at the <laughs> front door, Wolf, baby. Wolfman Jack says someone's at the front door, baby. I love that sketch. Uh, but yeah, obviously, Real DJ made most famous for his role in American Graffiti. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how I knew Wolfman Jack was from, from that movie. Because uh, uh, American Graffiti was set in not too far from my hometown. So mm. it was sort of famous. Uh, it's set in Modesto, California, which is where... George Lucas is from, and I'm from Merced, so it was kind of like, oh, I should watch this movie because it's about where I'm from. Yeah, I never saw American Graffiti, and I always assumed it was some big nostalgia piece, but no, it, it's about like six years before the before the year the movie comes out. <laughs> it's it's not right. even that that far back in history. I thought it was like a, a 50 set piece released in the 70s. No, it's not that at all. Yeah, I think it's more just about um, you know the kind of ideas of of growing up and, and being shipped off to war and, and those sorts of things that people were thinking about a lot and doing it with a distance. I think when you are able to have artistic and chronological distance from the topic that you're talking about, the commentary is more precise and pointed. Like I'm, I'm going through this right now with something that I, a pilot that I wrote 
where it's like, should this be set in the past or should it be set now? And when you set something in the past, quote unquote, that means that you don't have to directly address the problems that you're dealing with in society right now. Mm. But you can talk about it and it not feel like preachy. It's so hard to stay current with anything that even just in a live action, let alone for like The Simpsons, for a live action production to comment on something that's happening two months before it airs, like is is really tough then anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, South Park figured out how to be able to comment on things right away. Uh, whether or not that's made that show better or worse is, <laughs> is your decision to make yourself. But uh, yeah, The Simpsons couldn't ever really directly comment on things back then because of the lead time that they needed to, to actually animate the show. And uh, Wolf Guy's girlfriend, she's an American graffiti reference too. She is oh. meant to look like the character Debbie played by Candy Clark okay. in that film. But uh, specifically the hairstyle she has in it. Uh, and I mean, we've, uh, as Bay Area guys, we've been to a Mel's diner once or twice. I, I've yeah. been told not to go, so I haven't <laughs> gone. Actually, I might have gone to one once. I, Which one do you go to? Because there's mm. the one that's on Geary. Probably that one. And then there's the one, uh, I think it's on 4th. Uh, yeah, downtown. like right by, it's near Mission, and uh, not Mission, Market, near Market. 4th and yeah. Market, yeah, it's near the um, the Metreon. Oh, 4th and Market for sure, that's the one I've been yeah. to. Yeah. Well, yeah. In either, well, in that case, with boy, this is getting into real local <laughs> specifics, but <laughs> at Mel, that Mel's Diner on Market, you're probably just with lo- your friends who are in town for some conference or something because they're at the conference center. And so the Moscone like, Center. Yeah, they're yeah. at Moscone, so you're like, let's just, okay, look, let's just eat here at Mel's. We all will eat a diner food it's fine like they built one of these not a mel's diner but they built a 50s diner in my hometown like in the late 90s i thought we were done with that then but apparently not <laughs> and they the outside was this, the exterior was a shiny metal and it was at the top of a hill so like when you were driving down the hill you're just blinded by this building that the sun was hitting reflecting oh, directly back at you and it was only open for a few years so for like a decade it was just this giant mirror <laughs> <laughs> nobody was really thinking when they built that not yeah. at all The Simpsons will be right back. Welcome to the break, everybody, and a big thank you to our guest with his big resume, Dave Schilling. His podcast, Full Court Chat, is so fun, and you should definitely be following him on Twitter for all the cool stuff he is doing, and we would love to have him back. And if you're a fan of this podcast but want even more, you should head over to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. This podcast and our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, both are supported by subscribers of Patreon. But patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, you get far more than just supporting us for five bucks a month. You get every episode of this podcast a week ahead of time and ad free. You could hear next week's episode right now. And the same goes for our sister podcast, What a Cartoon. Plus, you'll get access to dozens and dozens of episodes of exclusive Patreon podcasts. We talked to Mike Scully and many other Simpsons creators in previous interviews. And we have many exclusive Patreon miniseries. The one we just finished, Talking Mission Hill, where we talked about every episode of that series and did a brand new episode with the creators of it, Simpsons Legends, Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. You can check that out. And tons more extras if you sign up for five bucks a month at patreon.com slash talking simpsons.
But if you want a premium podcast worthy of being a Christ puncher, you should sign up at the $10 level at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. Our premium level gets you all of that $5 stuff I just talked about, plus our monthly What a Cartoon movie podcast. Me and Bob cover a different animated feature film once a month, often for up to or even over four hours long. Recent films like The Black Cauldrons and Space Jam, previous classics we did like Aladdin, a goofy movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Akira, and tons more. And if you sign up, you'll get to hear this month in August, Ghost in the Shell. We talk about the 1995 anime classic. You can hear all of that. 10 bucks a month at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. And you know what else? You should definitely check out all the cool shirts we have on sale at TeePublic, T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C, TeePublic has all our cool new t-shirts. Check all of that out online. these types of restaurants succeeded because of the nostalgia from baby boomers but i mean we is i was trying to think of what's the closest our generation has like definitely barcades are from a similar yeah. nostalgia of restaurant sale point it's trying to to resurrect your feeling of going to like a chuck e cheese or something mm-hmm. I, it's, busters, I, I guess it's sort of like that but yeah. without the animatronics and the the whimsy um <laughs> of of a place like chuck e cheese but places like uh, Johnny Rocket, which this is what this is, still exists mm-hmm. as, as big chains. And uh, I, I remember going to one of those around this time thinking, wow. <laughs> I When I first, I didn't go to one of these for the longest time. I thought, you know, like the Jackrabbit Slims in Pulp Fiction was just like making it up. I didn't I didn't <laughs> know it was a reference to these type of things, too. My favorite part of this, this segment of the show is the, the final gag where this, the restaurant closes like... Like immediately because these would open and they would close and in 50s nostalgia was already on its way out by 1999 i think the second homer sets foot in this or the family opens the door it's like one of five instances of the band nrbq being played in this episode yes. like it's it's the showrunner mike scully's favorite band and this is the most nrbq focused episode of the simpsons like they're practically mm. the biggest guest stars on the show they really they're in every act the they wrote an original well they played a song that's original for them in this episode and like this the song coming in when they go in there is lucille which is you know made famous by the late little richard but i believe they're covering it yeah Yeah, and they appear in animation and in live action in Mm. this episode so it's nuts he's very weird Mike Scully cops do it on the commentary. He's like, yeah, I abused my power to put my favorite band in here. <laughs> like, the, the end. Uh, but- I, I do very much enjoy the song that they wrote for the episode, though. I won't I won't yeah. go too far <laughs> as we go through this chronologically, but this song is hilarious. Oh, the the gag with Lenny, uh, he like he, there are two bathrooms marked Cool Cats and Squares, but each one he goes into, Women Scream. Mm-hmm. I had that happen to me, and I think I talked about it on an earlier episode, but that was, that was years ago, where I was at a brewery, and they had cute names for the men's room and the women's room, but they were so vague and indistinct. I was like, I think I'm this, and I wish I remembered what it was. It was like hops and barley or something uh. like that. And so I went into the, one of the bathrooms, and I didn't even think like, oh, these are all just stalls. 
I'd even mm. think that. So I went into a stall to use the bathroom, and then I hear women coming. I'm like, oh, I'm in the wrong bathroom. Crap. Uh. And I was like, I'll just wait for them to leave. And I'm just, you know, standing in the stall, and they just have a conversation. You know, women talk yeah. in bathrooms. <laughs> it's not just a stereotype. <laughs> and at a certain point, I was thinking, I'm going to be in here for like minutes on end. So like, I opened the door. I was like, hey, guys, I'm in the wrong bathroom. Not going to hurt anybody. Just, just want to uh. leave. And they're like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. So nobody screamed or maced <laughs> me, but I did go into the wrong bathroom because yeah. don't label them in a cute way. Yeah. Be, be direct or just make them unisex, you know? Yeah, that, uh, this is the problem when all bathrooms aren't gender neutral. Exactly. These situations yeah. occur. But let's also be be fair. Lenny is creepy looking, so That's it doesn't true. matter he what is. bathroom he goes into, people are going to be terrified. I think he was built for this era, though, the way he's dressed. That's So the fact that it closes after this scene is surprising because when the Simpsons go there, it's a fully attended place and everybody is in there in costume. Like everyone dressed up 50 style to go to greasers. And uh, the headlines are pretty funny too, especially like Beatles unite being a headline. That's very, that's pretty great. And uh, then Bart uh, in an ep- thing that took 11 years to do. I'm shocked they waited this long. They meet Jay North, the original Dennis the Menace from uh, the classic live action show, which Bart had been compared to since the, I mean, he was intentionally made to be the yeah. new Dennis the Menace. He's uh, this century's Dennis the Menace, as he said, uh, right? It's true. Yeah. And uh, I think the, if you guys want to learn a ton about Dennis the Menace and the life of Jay North, uh, our friend Pop Arena, their, that YouTube account, uh, watch his knickknacks video for Dennis the Menace. You will learn quite a lot about mm-hmm. it. He he had a rough time, that Jay North. We were all tortured by that show and Lassie if yeah. you were watching oh. Nickelodeon in the 80s. Worst. Boy, I watched way too much Dennis the Menace considering it was not good. Uh, but what else were you going to watch? You know, these kids today, they can just Netflix up any any of their favorite cartoons and just stream them endlessly but you ju- you had to watch what nick was playing in our in our childhoods yeah we were at the mercy of baby boomer programmers who yeah. thought everybody wanted to watch dennis the menace <laughs> and then the movie comes out what, i don't remember what year it was in the 90s when the movie came out and <sighs> what a what a stinker probably yeah. 93 94 not yeah. not walter not walter Matthau's uh, finest hour mm-hmm. Would you would you say that the, the the Dennis the Menace movie was a direct result of The Simpsons being such a big hit? People thought, mm. oh, let's capitalize on Bart Omania and I, put out a Dennis the Menace movie. I think that and Home Alone. I think it was yeah, yeah, yeah. a blonde kid and being mm. mischievous. I also think like there is a, a clock running out on a lot of brands. Like ninety three mm. is the last year <laughs> of Dennis the Menace uh, nostalgia. We have to get this movie in now. Yeah, there was a there was a, a gold rush of 50s and 60s nostalgia movies after the Brady Bunch where you've got Dennis the Menace and Car 54 Where Are You Dragnet uh, Adam's Family Dra- well Dragnet was an 80s one but That's yeah true. I mean there's just they're just all coming out and uh, you know what I think Dragnet's a good movie <laughs> even things like there. things like SWAT <laughs> which I don't remember being a TV show but that was a movie oh yeah and like Wild Wild West no one remembers that TV show but they remember the movie yeah. Uh, but uh, as the night goes on, a dance contest begins. Homer at first refuses. Wow, look at this old timey gizmo. <laughs> I feel like I've gone back in a time machine. Dad, they have those everywhere. What an age we live in. <laughs> oh! Oh, 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 oh! <coughs> oh, man. Oh, my throat doctor says I'm not supposed to do that anymore. Okay, is everybody ready for our <laughs> nightly dance contest? Dancing? Oh, no, you're not getting me on that dance floor. 
Don't try and make me. If I have to get a divorce, I will. Our grand prize tonight is a vintage 1955 Harley Davidson motorcycle. Oh, oh, I need a dance partner. What about you? Okay, Daddy-o. That's, uh, maybe that's why they shut down. They were giving away motorcycles every night for small dance competitions. <laughs> Seems like a lot of lost money there. It's quite a reward, yeah. Yeah. I also, uh, it feels like that was Azaria actually commenting on how much it hurts to be Wolfman Jack or to do the Wolfman Jack voice. <laughs> That's why he had passed away five years before this episode aired. <laughs> the real Wolfman Jack. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think I think in the Pulp Fiction for their dance contest, they only they only like get a little trophy or something. Let's see. Yeah, do- there's no no motorcycle. I guess they just needed to, uh, some way to get Homer a motorcycle without him just saying, "I'm going to buy a motorcycle." <laughs> and uh, John Swartz. Holder wrote tons of crazy directions for their dance in the script uh though the director of the episode he shouts out uh joey nigels is the animator for the crazy dance sequence and uh you know it's a good thing to remember just because a guy writes a funny dance sequence in this script it can't really become that until the the animator can execute it well so i was glad that guy got a, a shout out there Favorite gag in that is not even an animation gag. It's uh, when Marge is thrown back in time. Oh, yes. Homer. Yeah. <laughs> that gag uh, confused a lot of people on the uh, all TV Simpsons back in the day. Oh, they didn't yeah. quite understand it. Like, why <laughs> did Marge say, oh, a nostalgia diner? Uh, it's Superman rules. It's like uh, Superman flew around the world. You're right. But animation-wise, Homer spinning Marge upside down. Grabbing her end. by her hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that S- too. Spinning her at the end is a really good animation. Yeah, I love the, like, smears on it. She takes uh, some weird shapes. and uh, But also, yeah, I think one of the most violent things Homer's ever done to Marge is swinging her by her hair, which I think is only made less... It's made less concerning because Marge swings him by the foot right before that. So I guess it's at least like equitable, I suppose. Uh, at this point in the episode, I've sort of lost track of the reality of like, <laughs> oh, what does this physically mean to these characters? Because the show itself doesn't care. Uh, and I know some people are, are, are perturbed by how surreal this episode is. But again, one of my favorites because of <laughs> how silly it is uh, and so homer wins his bike and immediately turns on everyone <laughs> uh, just like get away from me i actually have a quick clip of that that's great well 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 i have never seen such reckless disregard for a wife's well-being in my life you just won yourselves a motorcycle Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! It's mine. finally i've won the respect of my fellow men get away from it <laughs> That's great acting on Dan. I just love his like, get away from it. Like just the turn there. And there was a uh, a song that's not played by NRBQ in this episode, surprisingly. One, uh, yeah. The Mental House Rock. There, <laughs> there's so much original music in this. It's actually pretty shocking. The Mental House Rock's fun. It's not like the greatest, but it's a, it's a fun little parody of Jailhouse Rock. I wonder what time it came in. Maybe they thought like getting the animation back even they could have been like there should be a different song here we can't just play jailhouse rock or a similar sock hop song i gotta say it's probably a budget thing they Mm. come back and they find out how much it's going to cost to have jailhouse rock and it's like well why don't we just write our own version of jailhouse rock Uh, all the budget went to nrbq (laughs) (laughs) exactly well so i bet you could get like 17 nrbq songs for one elvis song oh yeah their discography i think yeah you can own the band for how much it costs to buy an Elvis song. They'll become your regular uh, composers for every episode. I mean, on. this episode is their pension, right? Yeah. 
Yes, uh, I, I can only imagine what the checks are like for the SAG checks and whatnot. Then we see that the greaser shut down the next day and that his uh, girlfriend Debbie has left him. Uh, well, you can only assume that he fi- he dies soon after that <laughs> from his, his throat pain. Uh, and that's then commercial break right there. Yeah. Five, five, I think it's like 510. And if you count the minute and a half long opening, it really is three and a half minutes of story <laughs> before that. He's got the motorcycle. <laughs> I wonder if they originally ended the the commercial break seems pretty natural at the end of the song and the next bit that I could see that being where the commercial was before and mm. then they moved it earlier. That that feels more naturally the end of the first act. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> nothing that happens in that first act comes back to be referenced <laughs> yeah. later on well, in the episode. We're so not like uh Wolf Guy Jack. Doesn't matter where the the act break is. It's not like we're we're worried about Wolf Guy Jack and yeah. the, the plight of his restaurant business. <laughs> yeah, That's I assume he focus. does die as you said. <laughs> I think I think he suffers so horribly for the rest of his life. And uh, so Bart points out to Homer that he's uh, been in the hell out of that kickstand <laughs> cuz he's just wiggling around on a bike. Homer reveals he can't ride a bike, which Obviously, it's discontinuity. Homer's ridden a bike many times before, but uh, if you want a specific example, in the episode Duffless, he rides a bike for most of that episode after he loses his license. That's right. So, yeah. yeah it's, you ride a motorcycle or a bike? Well, uh, I guess. They're, they're very different. I can ride a yeah. bike. I could not ride a motorcycle. Okay. I would immediately decapitate myself. All right. When did mm-hmm. he jump the gorge? Well, he jumps the gorge in a motorcycle in the movie, but yeah. that's after this. He learned right. his motorcycle training in this episode to jump the right. gorge. <laughs> okay, right. You're right. You're right. You're right okay. Right. Well, I think that was more of a dirt bike, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> if we're being if we're being truly pedantic here, you're right. <laughs> but, uh, there's a great little gag too of uh, Bart laughing through multiple scenes, which Nancy does a really good job with. Yeah, yeah. I would say uh, points off for it being a retread of the same scene with Burns. Yeah, when but he's laughing at the crippled Irishman. Yes, yeah. but Nancy really sells it, and I love the part where he, like, Bart agrees to stop laughing and still, like, st- like can barely stop, like, <laughs> yeah. while talking. It's very, very funny. <laughs> and uh, then we get the next song in this episode, uh, Mayonnaise and Marmalade, which, uh, here, I'll, I'll play just a second of it here. <laughs> Man, you're bending the hell out of that kickstand, Dad. Why don't you just take it for a ride? Promise you won't laugh? Yeah, I promise. I don't know how. <laughs> you're kidding! <laughs> you don't know how! <laughs> Will you teach me? <laughs> of course. <laughs> You showed me everything You took me by the hand Puppy dogs and Lincoln logs And castles made of sand You gave me the courage To spread my newborn wings Spread mayonnaise and marmalade And other spreadable things yeah, I guess I never listened to the lyrics before this viewing, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this the song is a joke. I finally, I thought I was like, oh, you got some Cat Stevens stuff, like you were saying, Henry. It's yeah. such a Cat Stevens sound alike. The, the line at the end where he, they sing, uh, if you weren't a man and you weren't my dad, I'd marry you. <laughs> and uh, then the pan up to the moon, and <laughs> the moon turns around, and Bart and Homer are smiling at each other. That's so corny. That I love it. It's so amazing. weird. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's they. It was not. Ri- it's performed by NRBQ, but written by like Donna Carey and George Meyer and others in there. But it's such a perfect parody of Cat Stevens style 
fatherhood songs that you know are about the love between a father and son and they take it to such a funny next level of like well this turns into a love song (laughs) a romantic love song between father and son who admits like i would marry you if you weren't my dad my my favorite gag in this whole like montage of uh, motorcycle antics is when homer like runs off the bike with training wheels and then is like peeking up out of the window upstairs while the bike just goes through the fence uh and and also his bike is pretty nigh indestructible also like it goes through a roof and then he rides it later well later we'll find out these bikes are very lightweight oh that's true yeah <laughs> yeah true. they're they're versatile they can do a lot of things i i recommend everyone buy a motorcycle because they seem to come in handy indestructible and easily to easy to handle with your hands yeah i also castle net is on the commentary he says like he had recorded the original demo for the song but didn't have a backing track so he just kind of had to make it up oh, like, that's right and rbq had to figure out the actual like instrumentation of it uh but yes homer that shot of them on the moon such a cute little shot then uh, homer now is an awesome uh, bike rider and jerk who uh st- intrudes into the bart's classroom where he smashes martin into a wall these days hearing nelson say sweet hog mr simpson feels different (laughs) yeah i i I definitely paused the episode for a minute to ponder the uh his meaning there for a minute but it's totally innocent and uh, i also like seymour telling them like don't listen to him children but i already did (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and uh then it cuts to the church homer's uh shouting over lovejoy which i blame lovejoy for letting him bring a bike into the church that's that's on him there and uh, the other parishioners are happy to have it end early anyway so you know i just want to point out that uh you might not think of this if you're not an art person and i'm certainly not but motorcycles are hard to draw yeah you're right uh thousands of times hard to draw so like the amount of ways this thing is maneuvered and later picked up and used like a sword like so much extra work on the animators and they do a great job yeah i think i i fear they get underappreciated with how much work it is to draw a motorcycle because you see it or you see a horse and if it's done well then you just think like well yeah it's a motorcycle it's just there (laughs) it's like can you draw from every angle doing many different things Mm mm-hmm uh, yeah, it's it's ridiculously detailed when you look at that at that model that they drew. It's, I, there's all kinds of little things that you can point out and look at. I think even the animators, like as Gearhead, they got some Gearhead on it to make sure it was accurate to a 1955 original Harley Davidson, not even just of any old Harley. That's madness. <laughs> and uh, yes, then. After Homer has enjoyed some uh, biker fun, he gets influenced by television once more in this uh, this next clip. <laughs> and now, back to your Tuesday morning movie. Oh, I don't know what's come over Jimmy. He won't do his homework. He only salutes the flag with one finger, and he comes home every night with other people's blood on his shirt. He's a rebel, I tell you. A rebel without a cause. Just like that boy in that popular movie we saw. <laughs> <laughs> That's the life for me, Marge. Cruising and hassling shopkeepers. <laughs> when will you teens learn to be uncool like everyone else? Never, Pops. That's right, never. Yeah, you can arrest me, but you'll never defeat the Cobras. Nothing can defeat a motorcycle gang. <laughs> a gang? That's the answer. Answer to what? Hey, don't make me hassle you, Lisa. <laughs> 
Uh, it's one of my favorite jokes in The Simpsons where this is not a parody of the thing. The thing exists in this world. Yes. Yeah. It just happens to be another thing like uh, Blockoland. Right. It's yeah. not like Legoland or Lucia Sweet and Don King both exist in the same world. <laughs> I, I do like the implication. It's very subtle. You'd have to kind of think about it that Homer is no longer going to work. Yeah. He is watching the Tuesday morning movie and That's drinking right. a beer. I wonder if that joke was put in after the fact, like to sweeten it. Just like mm. Homer is on the couch watching uh, a show. Let's just make it Tuesday morning. Yeah. For the sake of it. I, I do like it, though, because he's on his second beer. Yes. And uh, Lisa's home for some reason. Yeah. What's she doing on a Tuesday? Well, maybe it's the summer. Uh, but I... <laughs> maybe maybe Homer has, has just decided to stop driving them to school because of his... <laughs> His newfound rebellion. He's, he calls other people conformos, so he probably is thinking it's conformity to to work someplace. I and also yes, the shopkeeper stuff keeps coming up. Even the the real bikers we see later, they do hate shopkeepers. They dream of beating up <laughs> shopkeepers. And this is a very anti capitalist episode. In this episode, and the next one, Homer gets an idea for a movie that from a movie that will change the directory of his life or the direction of his life rather. That's right. Uh, and then it cut. I also. So uh, Lisa, again, being the scold of the plot of just like, fix what? What are you talking about? Uh, and so uh, Homer gets together his buddies, Lenny, Carl, and Moe to join his motorcycle gang. Moe has a beaten up old bike while Lenny and Carl don't have anything. <laughs> and uh, then Ned wants to join in, which uh, leads to one, they bring back his classic rumpus room. I haven't heard for th- about that in a while. There's a new toy in there, too. Yeah, I've, have any of you guys played Bumper Pool ever? ever? I have not. I don't know the rules. I've seen... Absolutely not. It looks <laughs> like it's for babies. Right? I've seen the tables at places, but like other games, uh, I'm not sure what the rules are or if I'll damage the table in some way. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Same with, uh, like, Snooker. What is that? I don't, I, that's, for, that's for British people to tell me. Uh, but yes, they get Ned to join the gang as well, uh, but Ned has some notes in this next awesome clip. Hey, Homer, can I join? This gang's for rebels, Flanders, not conformos. Yeah, yeah buzz right. off. Well, if I were a member, we could use my rumpus room as our lair. That guy just don't get it, do we? My <laughs> rumpus room with the new bumper pool table? Bumper pool? You kidding me? You Ooh, got bumper Great. The first meeting of Hell Satan's is called to order. I move we reconsider our club name. Make it something a little less blasphemous. After all, <laughs> we don't want to go to hell. How about the devil's pals? <laughs> no. You or see, the Christ punches. The Christ... I don't think you understand my objection. I'm the president and the decision is mine. We're Hell Satan's. Besides, I already made our club jacket. Ooh, machine wash warm. Humble <laughs> dry. Ooh la la. I love whenever Ned loses his glasses a bit down his nose mm. in shock. It doesn't happen that often, but uh, during his uh, reaction to the Christ punchers, <laughs> it, it slides a little. And Christ punchers straight out of Schwarzwelder script, and they fought the censors on it. I, I also love, like, uh, you know, sometimes people say Harry Shearer phones things in, but him him acting there of Ned being, like, just flummoxed by oh. Christ punchers is so good. <laughs> I don't think you understand my objection. It's uh, really well well uh, delivered. The way and he goes, like, the, the Christ. <laughs> yeah, so he good. can't even bring himself to say it. Uh, and the jackets they get are, like, this powder blue, and I think based on the comments, 
commentary, they were saying it's a reference to Happy Days, where they gave Fonzie like a very uh, like lightly colored and visually appealing gang jacket to not be too scary because the '70s TV audience could not handle the Fonz. <laughs> yes, yeah. We'll talk a lot about the Fonz uh, in this, but yeah, the, yeah, he's coming up. The classic story. See. The three of us, as Nick and Night watchers, we experienced Happy Days with a, you know, retro, double retro lens on it of them making fun of the things like how Fonzie never rides his motorcycle on screen, like in the early, because uh, Henry Winkler didn't know how to ride a motorcycle. They just play a sound effect and you walk in the door. <laughs> <laughs> and and yes, the, the, the powder blue jacket because they would terrify middle America with uh, with a greaser on TV like Fonzarelli. I, I, I think it's really fascinating this you look at this episode structure again it's like this part of the episode could have been the episode there are so many Simpsons stories where Homer gets the group together of his friends and they do a thing like they a barbershop quartet or they start a bowling team or whatever just him and Flanders and Lenny and Carl and Mo forming a motorcycle gang could have been the episode uh, by the time Meat Hook and everybody shows up Lenny and Carl and, and Mo and and Flanders are gone they I don't totally, show up again for the episode. I totally agree with you. Yeah, I feel like the one failing of this episode that I think is very funny is that the uh, the Hell Satans kind of disappear after Homer is threatened by uh, Meat Hook and Ramrod. Yes. And I really would like to see, uh, you know, Flanders, Lenny, Carl, and Moe go with Homer on his journey. Yeah, yeah. They It had to make room instead for the Mo- Marge gets kidnapped thing. But there's for the little bit we see of their Hell Satans gang, they're so funny, like seeing them on their their different rides and becoming 50 styles greasers while in their late thirties. Like it's uh Carl on his moped, like his Italian style moped. I love that. <laughs> Rented uh, too. I, yeah, yeah. You could, it, it's just like, if you watch it, you could kind of tell that there's material left on the table, that there were opportunities to do more with that premise. And they just kind of decided to do a different thing. I still love the third act of the episode. It's mm-hmm. just that it's very different and you feel like there's more meat on the bone of Homer starting his own motorcycle gang. If his friend's motorcycle gang had stuck around, it would have been even more similar to wild hogs. (laughs) That's true. Right. Exactly. And Uh, I think the Marge stuff was important for us to know, like Marge is not in danger and mm, the scenes with her are very sweet. Yes. Yeah. Uh, But uh, I do really love this scene of Homer taunting Wiggum here. It's, uh, it's pretty great. Hell Satan's, huh? I'm watching you punks. Can't handle us, pig. We're going to speed limit. Oink, oink, oink. Yeah, pig. <laughs> oink, oink, oink. <laughs> You'll make a mistake someday. And then you're going straight to juvie. You can lock us away, but you'll never defeat the cobras. Cobras? I thought you were the hell Satans. Well, uh... very timely material here oh yes yeah (laughs) i mean we've all learned how uh, easy it is to hurt a cop's feelings too yeah yeah i also homer is is incorrect that they don't need an excuse to uh arrest you (laughs) sadly uh wiggum could just say he's resisting arrest but uh yeah watch out carl yeah you know what i i felt really that when carl pops into join in the oinking i'm like oh carl boy tone it down carl now is not the time okay buddy (laughs) wiggum could just say probable cause and have like dogs come out and like you know search them all (sighs) calling eddie and lou this is uh this is depressing yeah let's uh 
let's talk let's about move on, yeah. uh let's head to the quickie mart where uh there but this was something that did remind me of a, a recent thing of i've never played that coins game they're playing but uh now i just associate it with the michael jordan documentary that uh, that just came out because he you plays it in the in the final game pitching oh, no. pennies oh is that what it yeah Pitch, okay i don't know the rules of this game well you're not living in like the 40s right. <laughs> or depression era america rather but uh i mean dave you probably saw the final dance right oh the last dance last yeah. dance yeah pitching yeah. pitching <laughs> pennies is definitely a uh a game that not a lot of people play anymore uh and i don't understand how it works or, or mm-hmm. why people do it but it's you know it seems like a miscreant sort of game yeah it's like gambling uh, yeah it's gambling being considered an illicit activity not something that i i I associate with gambling anymore (laughs) just because it's so commonplace but i guess at the time you know if you're outside of a liquor store and you're you're gambling you're you're rolling bones or you're pitching pennies or something you're a bad kid apparently there's like uh six slang terms for pitching pennies in uh, british english so there's uh pap penny up keely nippy pitch and toss chucks or jingies <laughs> wow those uh, boy like, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh street gambling happening in the uk i guess like a lot of british slang they all sound like uh a slur of some yeah. kind too that i'm like eh, you say, but, i was saying jingies in quotes okay yes these are all quotes. yeah please don't please guys come on now <laughs> don't call carl that oh, oh no, no. <laughs> um, uh but as uh as apu chases them off i do like the entire time in the background you can see ned just terrified like, yeah he's so scared and uh, Apu uh, promised Manjula he wouldn't use a broom, but this is America. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> it's, uh, they're drawn to look like the American Gothic painting, too. Yeah. It's weird good. to see Manjula in a non-Apu and Manjula episode. And they paid Jan Hooks for the appearance, too. Well, is the next episode um, the the episode with the octuplets? Uh, that was actually the previous episode, the previous one right episode. before this. Got, yeah. got it, got it, got it. So maybe, maybe she yeah. was... Maybe they just kind of crammed it all together in terms of recording, but I guess you still get paid for multiple episodes if you mm-hmm. do multiple episodes. I got Jan Hooks, like, uh, got to cash in there she honestly she could have been uh, she was probably too expensive to be a utility player used as often as phil hartman was but she's she's that good she doesn't need to just be pigeonholed to doting wife manjula so they then cut to homer in bed reading a scandalous uh magazine i do think homer taking a photo of march sleeping in her underwear and sending it to a magazine is a new low for him definitely and admitting that she would have said no if he had asked her yeah pretty fucked up (laughs) there's a lot of questionable marge material in this episode from her you know being abused during the dance competition to the illicit photographs of her as a cycle slut to the the orgy and the implications of you know what the biker gang is going to do to her it's just it's that part of it has not aged well at all yeah yeah the uh as our friend says at paparina the past was a mistake but um uh but yeah you know what before i play our next clip uh we are recording this one a couple months out and you always got to be careful on talking simpsons when you talk about guest stars over a certain age yeah so <laughs> It's time to play our cautionary anti-death jingle here. I ain't dead yet. So uh, John Goodman and Henry Winkler. Yes, the the Fonz himself. 
here playing uh, the sidekick to Meat Hook, Ramrod, and uh, John Goodman, who's like, he's great in everything. I love him. Yeah, in fact, uh, he was getting into, like, he had done voice acting roles before this. I believe he was in that awful movie, We're Back, A Dinosaur Story. Oh, yes. Playing yep. a T-Rex or something. But around this time, he was in a ton of stuff. Like, in a month, he'd be on Futurama playing Santa Claus, mm -hmm. and he'd also be playing uh, Pacha, I believe, in Emperor's New Groove. Oh, yeah. And, like, just a ton of voice stuff around this time for John Goodman. He'd be in Monsters University a couple years after this yeah uh, it was probably recording it at the time of doing the simpsons as well knowing how in advance pixar does stuff what's interesting about john goodman as a voice actor to me is that he his voice is so recognizable that you he can't really disappear into the part that he's playing but he is so good Mm -hmm. at, at every line delivery in this episode i think everything that, that meat hook says is funny including the lines I've already already mentioned that we'll get to <laughs> later. He's just, he's he's fantastic, and he elevates the script. Um, not that it's a bad script. I think it's a great episode, but he really makes it so much funnier just by being such a compelling guest character. Yeah, he's you're right. He's not a guy who does a bunch of voices or can play other people, but he's so good at the type of guy he gets cast in, like a biker type dude. Like, I mean, his his character in uh, let's call it the Connors. Uh, yeah, that's what it's called now. Is, uh, like he ran a bike shop. Like yeah, it, it yeah. fits for Connor. One of the character. family's many failed businesses. Uh, and and also, you know, it's interesting. A year after this episode aired, he was starring in a one season show for fox as well normal ohio where he played a gay man that's right back to town which uh that was a show show run by bob cushell the uh, the writer oh. famously who uh had uh, some problems when he briefly wrote for the simpsons so he was not put in tv jail no he was not no he's uh well, i mean he's a white guy so <laughs> oh uh, my fine, you're but... right if i if i sneezed wrong i'd be in tv jail <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, bob cushell lucked out there but um uh, but yeah, and then we've got, uh, you, you pointed this out on a, a previous one we did, Bob, that this is a real happy days run for the Simpsons here. Oh yeah, because up next we will have uh, Gary Marshall. Oh, no, the last episode. Oh, last episode. Marshall. Recording yeah. these all out of order. Yeah. So we just had Gary Marshall and now we have the Fonz himself. And Ron Howard before that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, again, where's Donnie Most? Gotta Give find me him. some potsy, baby. That's <laughs> <laughs> sweet, but sit on it. The si it being the Simpsons. Uh, um, uh, but yeah, why don't we hear uh, our two big guests here as they confront Homer? Where the hell Satan's out of Bakersfield? You're the hell Satan's? What a fun coincidence. My gang's name is also the. Shut up! <laughs> you stole our club name. According to our bylaws, we gotta stump you. <laughs> Take off that jacket, man. Okay. <gasps> now, eat it. <laughs> hey, hey, chew with your mouth closed, please. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Okay, Meat Hook, I think you learned his lesson. Oh, man. Now you gotta eat that, too. Oh. You cut anything else with our logo on it. Caps and frisbees, sir. You gotta eat them, too. And some pogs. <laughs> <laughs> pogs were just old enough to be funny. Yeah. So they really knew when to make that joke. Uh, the marking Homer's too good of a marketer of himself. He paid for all this merchandise. Uh, the pogs seem the easiest to eat. I hope they let him, like, mash it up in milk or something <laughs> to make it a little easier. 
This is a classic Simpsons escalation joke where you start with a ridiculous premise and then you just continue to give more and more ridiculous instances of that premise. Um, and Homer's, I laugh very hard. Homer's too stupid to know that he doesn't have to tell these guys about the other things that say <laughs> hell Satan either. He's an honest man, Homer Simpson. I, I have to say, like, I think around this time we were experiencing a, a real like Winkler renaissance because mm. um, I was just looking to see what he was doing because when Happy Days ended, he was kind of a joke. Like, oh yeah, Fonzie, whatever. Uh, go sit on it in the unemployment line, why don't you? But uh, apparently, I totally forgot about this because I haven't seen it in a while, but his big like comeback was in uh, Scream, uncredited as the principal. That's right. Oh, yeah. I was going to say the water boy. Yeah. And then the water boy, yeah. Wow. I forgot the Scream one. I just remembered water boy, but yeah, the the Scream, he's uncredited. I think he was even uncredited, so it surprises you he's yeah. in it. Yeah. And then all then finally like when we got to arrested development it was like oh yeah this guy is cool he's the cool character actor now you can put in things. Yeah, I guess it took, you know, from night shift all the way to this this era <laughs> for him to rehabilitate his image and for people to forget about happy days. And uh, or then they could at least laugh at the jumping of the shark and he can be like, yeah, it was crazy, huh? Like they they can all laugh together. Oh yeah, he literally jumps over a shark in arrested development. <laughs> he does. It, it was a very Shatner-esque trajectory of mm. ah, i'm embarrassed by this to oh this isn't so bad to here's how i can use this to my advantage <laughs> and uh, now he's on that show barry and he's really good on it. i've heard good things about that show absolutely remarkable if you're not watching it I- i'm very disappointed in you it's it's incredible <laughs> He's, uh, well, now we all have it on HBO Max for Ooh. the low price of fourteen ninety nine. I just signed up. <laughs> if you had uh, signed up before they launched, it would have been eleven ninety nine. Oh, so That's, that's true. I held out for more Adult Swim shows, but uh, it turned out to be uh, <laughs> short on the stick on that one. Uh, they didn't have Space Jam at launch. I still can't get over that. Like, Got to get all the basketball players to sign off on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they're still waiting on Sean Bradley. The, uh, see, I can make a sports reference. I know there that. You go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love sports. <laughs> this podcast uh, is not as short as Muggsy Bogues. Hey. Oh. We wow. only know players who were in Space Jam. Yeah. Muggs <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bunny is my favorite basketball player. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, this... Uh, this bit of him also popping out the knife that you think is a switchblade, but then he has a switchblade fork to make him eat. I love that joke, too. And uh, they decide they're just going to move in because Homer uh, has has insulted them too much. And that's when we get another NRBQ song. Apparently their most famous song, uh, Me and the Boys. Still never heard of Still that never song. heard of it. No. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know anything about this band. I forgot they existed until I watched this episode. And I was like, oh, okay, what, is, is this fake? I, bet is this? Uh, I mean, no, no offense to the gentleman. They're I just all, never knew about these guys. They seem charming. They're all wearing festive moo-moos at the end in their live action <laughs> bit. They seem like they seem like a fun jam band kind of thing, I guess. I can't really tell what they are. Like are, are They're they, the uh, new rhythm and blues quartet. I see. It's in their yeah. name. I think it's the perfect kind of thing that that a, a comedy writer would like. Yeah. A white comedy writer. No <laughs> offense to white people or comedy. Hey, I but, do. Uh, yeah, it's just like, oh, this is kind of weird. I like this. <laughs> I do like their song about Lou Albano. Oh, I got to hear that one. I haven't heard this one. Uh, also, in the biker gang, as uh, we pan over the audience, we get to see uh, two that are based on a, a writer and an artist for the show. The one, if you see one in a hat with a feather in it, that's made to look like Ron Haugie. And uh, there's another guy who has a bandana and a long black ponytail. That is Lance Wilder, mm. who uh, was a character designer on the show. So uh, those those are 
cute little shout outs in there i think that the family once the bikers move in the family should leave just be like you know the house is yours like we're, we're out of here just get that abandoned sign and just hang it on the door <laughs> yeah uh but yes homer finds out that uh, the cops aren't so helpful in this situation <laughs> i think it's great you've chosen to crash here but do you have to be so messy yeah it's part of being a low life Hello, police. Can you send a SWAT team to 742 Evergreen? Forget it, Simpson. Those pig noises you made really hurt my feelings. Looking like a pig as I do. But you have so much inner beauty. Well, uh, be that as it may, uh, the gang is wanted in eight other states, and we have a little saying around here. Let Michigan handle it. That's, uh, I do like Wiggum even admitting, like, looking like a pig, as I do. <laughs> he knows he looks like He a takes pig. it extra personally. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, Homer can't even get himself swatted, unfortunately, and get rid of the, uh, the, the their, I guess it's Michigan's problem. That let, let, let you know, Springfield is not in Michigan. You can mark that off on where, what state they're in. <laughs> And uh, then we cut to Marge making him breakfast, and I really do like them smashing eggs and cutting up a Lucky Charms box. Punching the eggs into the toaster. (laughs) Uh, And then Marge kind of becomes like Wendy to the Lost Boys for, for them for the rest of this episode. And uh, we also find out that Meat Hook murdered a man in Oakland as well. At like, an IHOP. Uh, no, Waffle Or wait, yeah. It's an IHOP. You're they, right. they strike me yeah, as a Waffle House crowd, you know? Yeah. There's no good. Waffle Houses in Oakland, California. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I miss, you know, I've, I've now that I live, I grew up on the other side of the Mississippi with Waffle Houses aplenty, but uh, I've, I've missed out. Same with Dairy Queens. There's like maybe like three Dairy Queens in oh, California right. or something. I miss those blizzards, but uh, <laughs> uh, I was more of a Foster's Freeze guy anyway. Oh, uh, we got those. Yep. I'd uh, well, also the the specifics here. Uh, they said they're out of Bakersfield. They say Oakland. Like this is a very specifically California uh, gang, isn't it? I feel like all of those uh, movies that we were talking about earlier, they're all like California biker gangs. Mm. You know why? Because it was cheaper to film in L.A. <laughs> I was going to say drugs, but okay. I think that's also part of it. <laughs> it's, well, we, we can film in, in the Angeles National Forest or we can film in Silmar or whatever. Why don't we just say it's California so we don't have to look stupid? <laughs> uh, and uh, as Marge is cleaning up everybody, she's uh, also has all of the bandanas thrown at them. Like she's Marge is at her most homemakery in this, I'd say. It's um, kind of sexist, I guess, but... Maybe she's doing it as a, just a survival tactic, really. I, I don't mind it. The mm. more that I've thought about it. I mean, it's it's there are certainly sex things that are bothersome about this episode. But The Simpsons, from the beginning, was a parody of traditional American sitcom nuclear family situations. So Marge's default being, I got to clean up after these guys, makes sense from a character standpoint. Mm. After watching this, I rewatched You Only Move Twice. And of course, there's that subplot for Marge where she (laughs) has the smart house and she doesn't know what to do. So she just becomes an alcoholic. Like that makes sense because that is that's who Marge is better or worse. That's who Marge is. She is a parody of um, June Cleaver. So I'm okay with it, even though it doesn't ring true to our more modern sensibilities about how people should um, you know, respect everyone and uh, everyone should be allowed to do as they please and stuff like that. 
I think in a, in a very this is, this is a boomer sort of parody. In a way that's clever for her, I think she's using her skills to sort of appeal to these crazy people that have occupied their house. Like, how can I like you know pacify them? Mm. I uh, also we find out that Henry Winkler's character's name is Ramrod. George Meyer brings up that that was the name of the equipment manager from The Grateful Dead because George Meyer is a big deadhead. Uh, though they say that it's more because that was one of the names mentioned in Hunter S. Thompson's book on the Hell's Angels, mm. which uh, is how I think a lot, a whole generation got their information on specifically the Hell's Angels biker gang. And uh, I, you know, I got to know the Hell's Angels because of uh, I was a big viewer of that show Oz back back in the day when it was new, and they oh, had I sure. uh, think it was Chuck Ziff. It was that Chuck Z. He was like an ex uh, Hell's Angels guy who was te- teaching them how to have accurate biker gangs in the prison on mm. Oz. Chuck Zito, that was his name. Chuck Zito, okay. Because he appeared in some wrestling stuff too. I think he goofed around with, uh, well, because there's actually a reference to a WCW thing later in here too. You you barely see the the logo for the Hell Satans, but I thought it was a parody of the Hell's Angels logo. No, it's just an upside down A with wings. Oh, okay. So I don't know what they're going for there, but I mean, you can just barely see it on the bikes hmm. uh, for Homer's gang. Oh, and then there's like the grossest joke in the episode about... The kids bathing outside and Rod and Todd watching them. I was like, Ugh, yeah. That, oh God, I forgot about that. That made me feel another, just gross. Another thing where it's just like, this is not okay. Ned, <laughs> Ned, yeah. Ned needs to get out of this gang and watch his kids. Yeah, I know. Maude's still Rod, alive. Rod and this. Todd being perverts is um, a recurring theme on this show. Yeah, it's the cheap. Uh, it's a it's a different direction. I don't want to say cheap. It's a different direction they went in with them. Instead of just being giant wusses, they also imply that be. I think that it's a the joke is that they are being so sheltered that is actually fostering a deviant sexuality that they are not addressing in a healthy manner because they're too sheltered. Oh sure. I mean, I I, I definitely get it. Yeah, you know, it's just. I guess it, it it just doesn't seem like something that a television show would ever do now. It's a, uh, it, yeah. it's a comedy. It's yeah. a darker place to bring in Rod and Todd, especially to to do that kind of gross joke to involve Lisa in Lisa, it feels yeah. way worse. It's implied me. they yeah. were peeping on Bart. Mm, yeah, that's before true. that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Those two need to get a life. <laughs> As we find out in a fa- in a flash forward later this season, uh, they are in the future gay, and Bart doesn't out them. So, uh, but anyway, uh, so Homer then for no reason given in the show he changes his mind and he's going to stand up to the bikers that that feels like a scene is missing there where homer's like you know what no i'm gonna stand up to these bikers yeah i, I don't know what makes him get motivated but it mm. just it just sort of happens yeah it does feel like there's something missing there yeah you want you have to ask yourself like homer has gone from being rebellious to now being in, in a sense a cuckold <laughs> of these guys and now he's going to fight back against these people who uh, ideally you know based on what we know about homer he would kind of idolize because yeah. he's decided to be a rebel it, it, it is confusing but uh in service of the jokes i i don't mind it though i do like that homer college essay style has a ben franklin quote <laughs> ready for them and it's accurate too i mean he doesn't get through oh, yeah. it but it's like uh, i think the quote is guests like fish begin to smell after three days oh ah, okay right right that's one of his the many ben franklin's wonderful aphorisms that that uh, set the stage for america <laughs> but uh yes homer finds out he doesn't have to give that whole speech okay bikers that's it benjamin franklin once said that house guests are like fish at Huh? They're gone. 
Woohoo! I know his bikers saw that hard look in my eye. You know that hard look I get sometimes? <laughs> and they ran away like schoolgirls with their tails between their legs. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Dad. Hey, where's the food? And why aren't I at school? Yeah, someone really dropped the ball here. <laughs> Marge? Marge? Dad, there's a note on the back of your head. Really? Read it. <laughs> Thanks for letting us crash in your pad. We had a very nice time. Oh, that's sweet. P.S. We've taken your old lady. Don't! I love the establishing shot of this uh, kitchen scene because you can tell they're moving their forks and knives over nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And it, it does seem like a very sports world thing. It's like, hey, where's our food and why aren't I at school? Just like the sudden realization is like we're eating nothing and we're also home. That is, yeah, that's really great. There's also the... the, the total throwaway joke where there's the pin in Homer's head and then of course Bart puts the pin back after he takes the note <laughs> no no reaction from Homer about getting a pin jabbed in the back of his skull none at all uh, good foley too oh yeah very very gross yeah the Bart Bart just also the way he puts it back in the way you would with a cork board like not even looking like just putting it back on there uh, and Homer is fully accepting that he's uh, he's fine that he's walked around with a note pinned to the back of his head seemingly all day uh, without noticing it. Uh, and yeah, okay, so they took Marge and fortunately, like in the next scene, they pretty quickly established that there's nothing sexual to it. Everything yeah. is above board. It's a necessary scene, but I like the sort of subversion of that where Marge is like, really, none of you are attracted to me? <laughs> but they underline like five times, like there was no danger of sexual assault for Marge. We're not going to go in that direction. Yeah. That's more of a family guy kind of choice. Yes. Yeah. I don't even know if they needed to say that. I think... It, it's it's a Simpsons episode. It's a broadcast sitcom animated. You're not, if you're going in that direction mentally, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> mm, yeah, they. I guess they were they were feeling the pressure to make it clear that nothing happens to Marge off screen, and she is you know physically safe. There but... there was going to be a consensual orgy at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. I, they, I think also it's probably just in service of the joke of nobody wanting to to have anything to do with Marge sexually. It hurts Marge's but, feelings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah, it's it's enough for the episode to make clear that Marge has become their house mom, so to <laughs> yeah. speak, and is reforming them. I don't even think uh, you need to establish the lack of sexual tension. Ma Marge's line, like, "Well, good, I guess." I love that. I love that reading from <laughs> yeah. Julie. Yeah, and her little like look up as she says, "Like, I guess." Like, yeah, it's even when she's like, "Even you didn't see the picture," and the they're like, "Yeah, we saw it." We <laughs> uh, also speaking of jokes that didn't age well. With what we know about mail order brides and the horrible things those women go through, I I just don't laugh at mail order bride jokes anymore. Yeah, they They're feel a bit a bummer. dated for the late nineties. Like mail order bride jokes, they expired in like eighty nine. It feels like, mm -hmm. and uh, Homer especially having a booklet for Korean love brides. It's just like it's a bummer. Just sad. He he is married. Yeah, <laughs> Homer is a married man. His vulnerability of like I just don't want to be alone. I, I like that. Uh, but it's just been like a day. It's, a, it's also funny in the establishing shot you see they've started covering up the holes in the house which that almost feels like too 
too much care for homer like i think he'd just leave it smashed up but uh so homer goes on the hunt he ends up at a bar a biker bar where uh nrbq is playing <laughs> they're they're all over uh they're all drawn in there and if you didn't know it was them their logos even on their drum uh their bass drum is there a number i can order their latest album on the <laughs> yeah, screen I, I i would not know it was them you're right <laughs> and uh, the song of theirs if you want to look it up is want you to feel good too that's the name of the the third nrbq song fourth nrbq song we've heard in this episode and apparently uh, jay north is in this establishing shot oh, i missed that yeah he's oh. hard to see but uh, i love any smash cut to uh, a grave but this is just as close yeah. a smash cut to unconscious homer <laughs> yeah <laughs> i, I kind of feel like if this was a, an episode made today and, and the writers were trying to find you know the band that was going to be the weird obnoxious band everybody likes it would be ween mm. like if i would put <laughs> ween in a simpsons episode as many times as possible they're, so I, I get it i understand <laughs> the, the, impu- the impulse they're at the same level of fame as nrbq i'd say I'd, I'd exactly and yeah. i think that they're they are that band for people that are either gen x or like cusp millennials <laughs> and uh yeah there's there's some really great jokes as they pan over my favorite is the i at first i thought he was unconscious but he doesn't react even when homer smashes the glass so i think it's a dead man who's having his back uh, used as a dartboard <laughs> Uh, but just that he has a circle on his on his uh, jacket, so the guy another guy is just listlessly throwing darts onto it. And uh, yeah, the the number of times Homer gets knocked unconscious, especially first he you see the pool cue hit, then the next time he walks in and he's tapping the glass, and then it just you don't even have to see the impact. He's just unconscious outside. and just like fifty feet away from the bar too. <laughs> and then the next time he walks back in and says, the, "Some folks never learn." Uh, that's great that's some great stupid homerisms there and i love this scene uh when they go to marge and the bikers of ramrod just idly stabbing himself in the leg like just in a very bored way (laughs) uh and this is then where we learn a little bit about pronunciation too all right satans we roll out at dawn where are we going to the bikers jamboree in south dakota you'll love it Mickey Rourke's coming, and we're going to jump him. You know, there's more to life than boozing and roughhousing. Haven't any of you ever had a dream? Yeah, I had a dream. I was in this beautiful garden, pounding the crap out of a shopkeeper. No, no, I mean the dream of a good job, a loving family, and a home in the suburbs. Oh, man. To get all that, you'd have to kill, like, 50 people. Oh, you don't have to kill anyone. Not if you have jobs. And the first step is an eye-catching resume. No, I believe it's pronounced resume. Actually, both are acceptable. <laughs> I, I love I love the quiet meat hook. Yeah, just like both. He's, he's observed some facts in his lifetime of murder. <laughs> I think I always said it the Marge way, a resume, not resume. I've also heard... I say resume. Resume. Resume? Now that's just crazy. I say... Tresume. Ooh, good shampoo. La la. Uh, I say resume. Mm. I I like how the may, resume... It's fun. It's inviting to me. I, uh, you know, Brits they get to just say CV like that. Yeah. That cuts down on the confusion, I suppose. But uh, yeah, the, the that came out of a real thing of just Julie Kavner pronouncing it that way. 
other people in the room going like, well, wait, is that right? That sounds wrong. And then they look it up to, <laughs> to not have to fully correct Julie Kavner and be like, you know what? It's fine. They're both fine. Those Harvard goons should know. <laughs> uh, you know, man, Scully's not a Harvard guy. Maybe well, he was the mistaken one there. Also, this talk of going to the uh, South Dakota biker rally. Uh, it reminds me of the Sturgis biker rally, which I only know because WCW, the wrestling <laughs> organization, indulgently had multiple pay-per-views happen there. Wow. Road Wild. Road, yeah. yeah. They fir- the first one they called Hog Wild and Harley Davidson sued them because uh, they hog is their thing. It's true. Road Wilds were very weird because, uh, well, so Eric Bischoff, who's running WCW, he is a ho- wild hogs type guy who is like, oh, I'm a rich guy, but I'm also kind of a bad boy on a motorcycle. So he was like, we're going to have a wrestling event at this Sturgis thing and every biker can go to this for free. Like they were free wrestling pay-per-views they got no money and uh they uh let's let's just say that those bikers if you listen to them not too receptive to uh some of the wrestlers who weren't white there oh no yeah Yeah. and maybe didn't know anything about wcw or the storylines or the Mm. characters and just only (laughs) only cheered for hulk hogan who had just become a bad guy yeah it's uh it's they, the, <laughs> the first time hearing of racism in biker gangs wow i know i know yeah. it's a thing that i wish they'd addressed in this episode huh. yeah i know it's not i'm uh, kidding uh, i do not address this is the simpsons don't do that <laughs> uh but uh, yeah that's that's the only way i know the sturgis biker rally thing but mickey rourke also he had uh in the film harley davidson and uh, marlboro and the marlboro man Mickey Rourke plays a person named Harley Davidson. Hmm. So, do they fight? Uh, but you know, I couldn't be bothered. It, it like apparently, Harley versus... Davidson and the Marlboro Man, yes, not yeah. Harley Davidson versus the Marlboro Man. So, yeah. what do you think? <laughs> That's true. They're buddies. It's they're... not like Ford versus Ferrari. Those guys don't fight either. I mean, yeah, no, it's sort of like Butch and Sundance. You hmm. know, but they're these characters that have weird names. I love that they plan to jump Mickey Rourke, though. They're really excited. He's going to be there, and we're going to beat him up. Think about Mikey Rourke you can't tell if he's been beaten. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, uh, brother. <laughs> and uh, Take that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so then Homer also gets the the directions to where they are from an, a gas station guy who at first I thought was Donnie, but it's not Donnie. It's not Donnie. Donnie. <laughs> but, he sees all kinds of stuff. But he is voiced by Carl Wiedergott, the, uh, the guy who will do, like, one voice uh, an episode during the Scully seasons, I think, just to shake things up so it's not Dan Hank or, just or Harry. let Harry know he could be replaced. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's a warning. They just struck and uh, got a big raise for their voice acting, so maybe that Wiedergott was, like, their safety uh, there. Yeah, then after Homer gets that information, cuts back to March teaching them stuff. I do love that she teaches them about uh, killing pencils and- <laughs> breaking them and uh and then they've been fully defanged right when homer arrives talk to him use your words homer homer stop it we've given up our violent ways we just want to live peacefully with your wife no my wife is not a doobie to be passed around i took a sacred vow on my wedding day to bogart her forever oh homie There's only one reasonable way to settle this. You and me in the circle of death. I just swept the circle of death. (laughs) Fight, 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 fight. And then a crazy ass fight begins. 
Yeah, after <laughs> is, their is this how uh, Wild Hogs ends too? Hmm. You know, I think they they trick the other biker gang. I think it's something to do with that. So what? Uh, the... Yes, uh, Tim Allen uses his wits yet again. <laughs> so would there have been a third Hogs uh, movie if Robin Williams had survived? Oh, Millie, man, yeah, we like, were robbed of it. Oh, but... Wild Hogs, old dogs, and like, uh, what else could we do? Like I, mild, uh, mild Hogs, mild Hogs, uh, wooden clogs, fair, feral Hogs. <laughs> I I had heard the yeah feral Hogs now the perfect time, but uh, <laughs> but. I had heard that the failure of old dogs ended a wild hogs two from happening. And that movie is insane, right? I mean, it's truly it's, crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's poor Bernie Mac. It's his last role too. Oh, yeah. Man, you're bringing me down. That series is steeped in tragedy. They didn't even know it. <laughs> God. Yeah, man. It was, uh, I, I forget that that came out like that was after his passing, right? Or he's, or there's that movie soul men too, that came out right around with him and, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. I just know he's yeah. a man that has like a, a puppet suit that oh, Robin Williams has suit. to wear. Right. Yeah. yeah. What a ridiculous. Sorry. No, no one watched Old Dogs. <laughs> I think a lot of us watched it ironically. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Homer defends his wife's honor akin to uh, a spliff that he will not share pretty much. <laughs> and yeah. And this starts the uh, just truly insane motorcycle sword fight, uh, which uh, had to be impossible to visually plan out i have to yeah. kudos to the animation team for taking this crazy idea that was written and like translating it into a visual medium because again a motorcycle is a complicated thing to draw but drawing two characters swinging them around and clashing them <laughs> and then marge throwing homer another motorcycle yeah it's so it's such a Schwarzweldery uh, thing it's happening all over this episode and posing it in the style of an errol flynn robin hood yeah. uh, thing too like going up a staircase yeah yeah uh, it's it's Homer it, is very gallant in this episode. He really, yeah. Well, that that's also hearing Marge go like, "Oh, homie," like that's <laughs> that's some classic Margeism there too. Uh, yeah, no, Neil Affleck, the director of this, said when he saw the script, he could not believe it. Like it it boggled his mind how they could even do it. But then he says credit to supervising director of this of these seasons jim reardon he did the thumbnails of the whole fight oh. on his own like he was the original architect of it and figured out how it, it could work maybe so. that's why the rest of the hell satans weren't around because they're like we're either doing this motorcycle sword fight or we're drawing four other characters each with their own <laughs> distinct vehicles uh, that uh yeah, yeah it's it's a it's a technical triumph going from you know doing all of the 50s stuff the dance sequence to this it's it's wild that this was just a regular episode of the simpsons and it wasn't something that was a big deal like you only move twice or, or, or a season premiere or, or a treehouse or something yeah these kind of action set pieces more often it's just kept to you get one in an episode and so it's just in one act but there's kind of one all three there's if you think of the dance sequence then the hell satan's breaking into the house and then this sword fight scene like it's it's a giant action sequence every act of the of the episode it's the the animators really brought it this week uh and which is very impressive because again you know tv deadlines for animation and budget as the budget is shrinking on them by season 11 
pulling this off is very impressive. And uh, we also find out that Homer's wallet he got from subscribing to Newsweek. Do you get free wallets? I, I know you get like football phones, but... That's Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Newsweek <laughs> had to offer something paltry like that, though. <laughs> the idea that Homer yeah. would subscribe to Newsweek, though, was very funny. Mm, yeah, that's... It seems like it's all tote bags now, but there were more <laughs> there were more products that you could get. I, I don't remember specifically wallets, but... Yeah, Sports Illustrated had the football phone, and uh, there would be like hats and things. Mm, yeah, like I really want a hat that says Vanity Fair. I guess I don't know why you would, but <laughs> there are people out there who are on the fence about subscribing to a magazine unless they get a free hat. Uh, you know, an NPR tote bag lets you really like brag. That's uh, in in some <laughs> circles. Oh wow! Look at how generous this person is. <laughs> well, generous to a point because mm. they have to have some sort of material incentive in order to be generous, and uh, that's a thing. Char- charity without advertising it is useless. That's that's what I say. No, I I feel that in my bones, guys. Every time I donate to a good cause these days, I got to screenshot it and I got to tweet about it and I got to <laughs> let everybody know I'm a good person. Uh, you know, I convinced myself to do that a couple times at least to make it clear like hey do it do what i do and give them money but it is self-aggrandizing as well like yeah <laughs> uh, i take a picture of myself in a mask everywhere <laughs> oh, yeah you're following the rules bob <laughs> uh on the commentary too they even admit that marge throwing the bike was like that's a bridge too far it's already ridiculous this thing but marge throwing a bike like a story up to homer <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it's 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 uh, clear that the weight of it is gone. No, there's no weight to it. I don't mind Marge throwing it. That's sexist, guys. <laughs> You're it's, right. It's already been established. Maybe Marge has been working out. It's <laughs> it's been established. These bikes weigh, I don't know, eight pounds each. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> at this point, uh, if if that, I mean, I felt like they were being thrown around more like uh, like fencing, you know, swords, like little light fencing swords. <laughs> And uh, when Homer finally beats Meat Hook, I also, it's another great shot of how he's begging off Homer, like, I'm using wrestling terminology here, he's he's begging off Homer, putting his hands up, like, okay, okay, like, he's he's kind of spotlit by the bike lights, too. It's a really, really well-composed shot, and uh, and Homer wins, and it's uh, it's a happy ending. And also, though, I think Homer thinks he's getting invited to that San Purdue orgy, not just that Marge gets to go. Yeah, I think he's going to tag along if uh, Marge would have said yes. (laughs) Uh, But yes, we get a happy ending as Homer and Marge ride off into the sunset. I don't blame you for wanting her back so bad. A woman like that only comes along every couple of miles. (laughs) Hey, can we at least keep her to the orgy in San Purdue? What do you say, honey? No. No dice. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody! Bye, Mrs. Simpson! Bye, Mrs. Simpson! Goodbye, Marge. Bye-bye, Mrs. S. We'll stop at the nearest town and mail our resumes. Resumes? It still sounds weird to me. (laughs) Why are we stopping here? Taking care of some unfinished business. Go, go, go! <laughs> I 
just like that little blues riff. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Yeah. And then we get an RBQ covering the Simpsons theme. They're all wearing these weird pajamas, I believe. In filmed in live action. Yeah. Uh, Mike Scully, that's the first time there were live action credits ever, yeah. according to him. And apparently he was filming or he was producing a, a documentary about the band for A&E. I can't uh, find that credit in his IMDb, so maybe it was never finished or maybe something. Maybe it didn't air then, yeah. Yeah, but that's when he got the footage. I see. I appreciate the, the callback at the end. I just don't know if it's as much of a payoff as as they thought. For a last joke of the episode, yeah, yeah it's maybe. not like yeah. he was denied beer or um, if he if like or they wouldn't serve him. It'd be funnier if he was knocked out again. Yeah, yeah. Let's punch this up. Uh, but I did like seeing Marge like pop a wheelie. Like she's she's a better bike rider than Homer is, which uh, I I like that. But. Yeah, the uh, also Homer like cowardly running away to steal beer like that was his plan. That that's kind of funny, but yeah, there there could have been a funnier joke there. I I also uh, though we get to hear Winkler call Marge Mrs. S, which uh, oh, another yeah. Fonzie reference there. Yep, uh, and just hearing Winkler go like resumes, it still sounds weird to me. Like yeah. <laughs> uh, that's how that's how weird it can sound. I there's some words I've been corrected on that I'm still like it hey, just doesn't sound right. But That's, all right, he's a Yale graduate, Henry Winkler. I just found out. Really, yeah. man, more of these Yale. We we just did a whole Yale podcast before this, but uh, man, these Yale guys—they've been infiltrated everywhere. And this is a The Simpsons is a Harvard show. What are they having this Yale? Yacht? Yeah, I got really offended by that. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Uh, but uh, yeah, this this was such a funny, crazy episode. There's there's maybe a couple jokes in here that like skeezed me out a little bit. But uh, it's it's fun, just the classic Schwarzwalder ridiculousness. Even yeah. even in a season eleven episode, that they can still pull that off is uh, is pretty impressive. Yeah, I will always give a pass to shows like The Simpsons for things that, to my modern eye, would seem uh, offensive or strange because it was a different time. You know, I'm not going to fault anybody for putting in a joke about Rod and Todd staring at Lisa while <laughs> she gets naked, even though it's weird. When I saw it the first time in 1999, when I was 15, I laughed. So I don't know. I It's just I'm a different person. The world is different. I still love this episode. I, I forgot which one this was. And then as it's going on, it's unspooling. I'm like, oh, yeah, this episode was one of my favorite episodes to the point where when I would make mix cds for people i would throw on clips from this episode oh, cool. sprinkled oh. around my little mixes of songs and stuff that oh. i stole from napster <laughs> i miss i miss putting in fun clips in a mix cd you know that's uh though i when i did that with a christmas cd for somebody like of just a bunch of holiday songs and i put in like a pat oswalt bit that's like a minute oh, yeah. long in there my friend complained and just like i just had to skip that every time i just wanted to hear the song it's quality <laughs> comedy yeah this yeah, episode oh, you didn't want to hear the the black angus pat oswell bit? <laughs> oh i guess you're not a fan of being entertained that's a deep cut <laughs> uh as for me like uh i thought i didn't like this one but then i, I watched it, i was like oh this is hilarious maybe at the time i was just like oh just a bunch of crazy nonsense but that's why i like it and frankly there are only so many Schwarzwalder scripts left at this point so we have to treasure every one <laughs> that's true he would leave in like 2003 uh so i mean even at this point he's just a freelance guy he hasn't been in the he's credited as a consultant not even a producer on these seasons but yeah pretty soon he'll be heading off to his own sunset of writing uh 
his his novels, his his many comedy novels. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh yeah, the, speaking of running off in the sunset. On the commentary, they even copped to like, oh, yeah, wait, Simpsons movie ends with Marge and Homer riding off on a motorcycle, too. Yeah, I <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, but uh, Dave, thank you so much for coming on. This was great, man. You, yeah, we, first time guest. At, uh, and yeah. we, we have so much in common. We got to have you back. Absolutely. It was a thrill to get to rewatch this episode and to sort of remember why I love The Simpsons in the first place, because we take it for granted, guys. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to the show, you probably don't. But there are people out there who do, who are just take for granted the fact that The Simpsons has been on for almost our entire lives. And uh, start watching the, the new episodes, okay? <laughs> Support the people who still make The Simpsons, you jerks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, uh, Dave, you know, you set it up front, but what? Uh, let's uh, remind people again all the cool stuff you're doing. Okay, so uh, please follow me on Twitter at Dave underscore Schilling. Uh, you'll get updates on all the things that I'm doing. And the biggest thing that I'm doing right now is my podcast, Full Court Chat. It's a comedy improv podcast about sports. It's very funny. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify. Uh, what are the other ones? Uh, Breaker, uh, Audio Boom, and Anchor, and whatever. You know, if you listen to podcasts on one of those weird ones I've never heard of, <laughs> then um, I don't know. What are you? Uh, what are you? An anonymous, or uh, you're you're in one of those uh, Antifas or something? I don't know. Why are you? Why are you not just listening to podcasts on Apple? Okay. Oh, I, I'm on Downcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh boy, simplify your life, people. What are you doing? Simplify, man. <laughs> simplify, man. Yeah, if this was a pleasure. I will absolutely come back. Awesome. You watching The Simpsons, and this was fun. Cool. Lots Thanks. of fun. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Thanks, guys. So thanks again to Dave for being on the show. He will be back. Uh, but as for us, if you want to support our stuff and get all of our episodes one week at a time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash talkingsimpsons. And if you sign up there at the $5 level, you get all of these episodes one week at a time and ad-free. And also access to everything behind the $5 paywall. Once you sign up, you will immediately be able to access everything we made just for Patreon at the $5 level over the past three plus years. And boy, howdy, that is a lot of podcasts. The most recent of which was our mini series Talking Mission Hill we went through or are currently going through I forget when this podcast will launch but at some point in time we will have finished <laughs> all 13 episodes of Mission Hill with the Talking Simpsons treatment and there are so many other mini series we've done in the past including Talking Futurama and Talking Critic and so many more things there too much to list here but again once you sign for five bucks you'll get access to all those things right now immediately up front at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons and Henry can tell everybody out there what's happening at the 10 dollar level which involves one mega long podcast once a month about a movie for patrons at that level or higher that's right our what a cartoon movie podcast is only for ten dollar and up subscribers at patreon.com slash talking simpsons if you want to get all that five dollar stuff and then a one monthly premium podcast extra ten dollars a month gets you the podcast where me and bob do the talking simpsons treatment to a different animated feature film we have a huge back catalog now over 80 hours of podcasts we talked about some of our most recent ones on this episode like space jam and toy story 2 and i believe our most recent one at this time is the black cauldron so you'll want to check out all of those in the huge back catalog patreon.com slash talking simpsons 10 bucks a month so as for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast all about old video games. Find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts 
Sign up there and get two exclusive episodes once a month. Again, that is patreon.com slash retronauts. Henry, how about you? You can follow me, Henry Gilbert, on Twitter as well at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. I'm sure to tweet about lots of fun things and also politics stuff. So please follow me there. Plus, you should follow the official Twitter account of this podcast. At Talk Simpsons Pod is where you will stay in the loop about all the cool stuff going on whenever a new podcast goes live for this or what a cartoon our sister show or any of our miniseries on the Patreon and on the free feed. Stay in the loop by following at Talk Simpsons Pod on Twitter. Thanks for joining us this week, folks. We'll see you next week for Grift of the Magi, and we will see you then. my store, you young hoodlums. And what if we do, Paps? He's got a broom! Let's get out of here! Forget the pennies! Go! Go! <laughs> you promised me no more brooms. I know this is not your way, but we're in America now.